You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 11 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of The Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Doing all right, thanks. Yeah, and yourself? I'm doing very well indeed. I had an absolutely Great. fantastic weekend on the English Riviera down at Buckland Athletic. Oh, yeah, of course. Which I think is a game we will be talking about. It's one of our featured games on this week's uh, on this week's podcast, so we won't talk too much about the football. What I can tell you is, off the field, I was um, I was given an incredible welcome. So I'd like to thank everybody at Buckland Athletic um, who looked after me. Not just me, of course, but our league chairman was there as well. And um, Andre Pusey joined us. Andre is a marketing and fundraising manager from Devon Mind. And um, Devon Mind are our latest um, mental well-being partner. Um, I delivered. Um, our changing room posters to Buckland, who who put them up straight away. So I'm very grateful for that. And uh, we conducted a um, a bucket collection as well for Mind um, during the match, which Andre did. It, it was a, it was a lovely day. The weather was absolutely beautiful. Um, we had a fantastic time. People were really pleased um, to see us. We got a great reception for the Mind um, work that we're doing. So I'm incredibly grateful. Um, for that, so um, really, it was a, it was a, it was an incredibly uplifting experience. My first ever visit to Homer's Heath. I will definitely be going back there, not least because the facilities are outstanding. I think they're an absolute model of a club to not just um, other clubs in the uh, Tall Station Western League, but really across um, the length and breadth of non-league football. They're doing some really great things down there. So I thoroughly enjoyed my. Um, my visit. Um, we will be talking about them shortly, but just so that the listeners know, we've got two feature interviews on this week's podcast. The first is with Alex White, the Clevedon Town Manager, and our second is a new inter- it's a new manager for us to talk to on the uh, Toolstation Western League podcast, and it's with Andrew Holmes. He's the manager of Gillingham Town, and they had a very big win at the weekend. Um, but we are going to kick things off on Saturday, the 8th of October, in the Premier Division at Homer's Heath. Devon took on Cornwall, the Battle of the Athletics. Buckland Athletic took on Helston Athletic, Tom. Well, I mean, I was there, but tell the listeners <laughs> what they missed. They missed a big home win. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure the, the crowd in attendance, most of them will have gone home gone home happy like yourself. But uh, yeah, they're, they're having a pretty... Pretty decent run of form, aren't they, at the moment, Buckland? So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's good times down there. A 4-0 win, as I say. Uh, Ryan Bush, a uh, hat-trick hero last weekend. He was he was the first goal scorer on Saturday afternoon. Set them on their way after about half an hour or so. And it was then Josh Webber's turn to take over. He scored a, he scored a brace uh, to move just ahead of uh, Bush in the, the, the top scorers list for, for those two. Uh, for Buckland at the moment, so that's an interesting little battle going on internally. Uh, but then it was uh, Scott Croker who added a fourth uh, pretty late on, um, and uh, yeah, that was how it finished. So a big home win, one nil at half time, and I guess it was anybody's um, game. But um, Buckland really um, stretched away in the uh, the second half. A really keenly fought game, as you would expect between um, sides, you know, well established sides. And um, it didn't. It really didn't disappoint. It was a fascinating encounter. The Helston fans probably did go home a bit unhappy because obviously four nil is um, not the most flattering of scorelines. But it was lovely to see um, many of them in the in the flesh for not necessarily the first time, but um, uh, just really nice to sort of get down and see so many people. And I I had the privilege of um, of meeting Steve Massey 
course, we had him on the podcast last season. He was the manager of Helston last season. He's the um, sporting director there now. And um, also um, and Mark Huckle. Um, it was lovely to meet Mark for the first time. And he, of course, is the man behind Piran Films. And um, he had some highlights, as always, um, of the game. I recommend you you watch them, probably not to the end, because he did decide to include me walking around the pitch in my rather tubby hey. frame, um, which was slightly embarrassing. Having looked at it. My children found it highly entertaining, I have to say, but I'm sure that most people listening to this don't really. There's a reason I'm on the podcast, and it's, you know, it's not because of my Hollywood good looks. Yeah. But anyway, um, a good time was had by all, probably not so much Helston, um, but a fantastic encounter. And those highlights from Pyramid Films really well worth watching because it was blood and thunder stuff. Um, Sometimes even a little bit more blood than thunder. But anyway, I won't spoil that for you. Right then, we'll move on to Clevedon Town. Now, they've had a relatively slow start this season, certainly by their lofty standards. They took on fellow Somerset side street. And this was this was quite a narrow one, Tom. Yeah, it was uh, a good come from behind win this one for, for Clevedon. Yeah, good, go, good going to get three points, I would say, on that afternoon. So five minutes in, they were, as I say, they, they'd fallen behind. Uh, Corey Andrews putting, putting the cobblers ahead. Uh, but they did respond well, Clevedon. Uh, getting back on level terms uh, from Freddie King. He's having a little decent run. He's uh, involved in quite a lot of the good stuff they do going forward. Uh, and then it was Ethan Felton. Uh, he finished uh, finished well midway through the second half, uh, first half, sorry, to, to complete the comeback. So uh, holding out during the uh, the second period um, to, to claim the 2-1 win. Uh, now, we've spoken to Alex White, the Clevedon boss, on the podcast before. He's um really thoughtful manager. Um, going about his um, trade at the beginning of his um, career and um, always a pleasure to talk to. And I started off this interview with Alex by reflecting on that 2-1 scoreline and getting his thoughts on whether it was as close as the score suggests. Uh, yeah, I think it was, Ian, to be honest with you. I, it was um, a game of moments, really. I think Street would probably argue their end that they, they probably should have got a result out of the game, but on the flip side I think we'd have been disappointed not to win the game so it was just um, some big chances for both sides and I think when we had our spells when we were on top we scored um, and when they had their spells when, when they were starting to get on top of us we just about hung on in there and um, our goalkeeper made a couple of excellent saves on the day uh, and we did just about what we needed to do to get the three points which is a bit of resilience that we've probably been missing recently so that was really pleasing but all in all I thought it was a really good game of football and good advert for the Western League because it's been a mixed bag of results isn't it recently I mean you've been involved in some close games you know you've won a few and you've lost a few I mean are you happy with the way that your side has started this season uh I don't think we're satisfied. I think we always you always look back in on games and you look at the games that you should have won or games that you lost where you should have picked a point up. But probably on the balance, we're, we're probably where we should be. If I'm being totally honest with you, we've we've won some games that we should have lost and we've lost some games that we should have won. But I think we're just lacking that consistency um, at the moment, which has been slightly disappointing for us. But I think momentum's starting to build with us now. We're starting to find a bit of a rhythm. Um, we're scoring goals quite freely, which is excellent. Um, and we just need to tighten up defensively but <laughs> I'm asking for quite a lot because um, obviously if you have that balance right which is um, what everyone's looking for that perfect formula then yeah, of course you're going to start winning games but um, yeah I, I think we can improve and we, we, we probably should have picked up a few more points than we should have done but 
yeah, if, if we start building a bit of a run together now and building momentum and and having a bit of consistency, then I have no doubt that we'll we'll start climbing up the table. Because you've done well in recent seasons. Obviously, I know that you know you only took over last season, but. Clevedon are one of those sides, I think, in the Western League Premier Division that have, you know, they've earned themselves quite a reputation. So what were your expectations going into this season? I think to try and improve on last year is the boring answer I'm going to give you, to be honest, Ian. It's, um, it's quite difficult because I think, as you said, I think we've been punching above our weight recently uh, with the resources that we've got available. But that doesn't mean we should be standing still um, and we should be continuing to try and push forward. But it's difficult because, like you said, you've got people talking about us, and I think you're right. We've created a, a bit of a reputation as an, an entertaining, hard-working young team, um, which is great. And you can hear nice, nice things being said about us. But equally, at the same time, it, it, it means that people take you seriously. Um, and I think teams that we play, they know they're not going to have an easy game against us. Um, I think that's been evident this year. All of our games, apart from probably Falmouth away, when we were absolutely dreadful on the day. Uh, been very tight, very entertaining, um, which is great for the great for the neutrals, sort of heart attackers manager at times. But um, but we're, we're starting to get there. Um, but yeah, it, it, I don't really want to go about setting targets and being unrealistic with um, setting goals of promotions and things like that. But ultimately, we finished seventh last year, and we were probably sort of a couple of games away from finishing just outside the top six. So if we want to better that, which is what the aim is, then um, that's quite ambitious we've got to start winning more football matches but ultimately that's what we're looking to do because it's not an easy time to be involved in non-league football at the moment particularly you know, we've, with the cost of living crisis we're all aware we're aware of our domestic bills let alone the bills that football clubs must be picking up for things like um, uh, floodlights and um, you know hot water and, and all of the other things that are associated with a match day but of course, you know, you've got to try and manage your playing squad as well and, and their expectations and their needs, you know, around travel expenses and, and, and those things. I mean, have you, has that made your task harder from what it would have been, from, from what you were hoping for going into this season, you know, given the challenges that we've had this year? It's made recruitment harder, to be honest, Ian. It's made it really, really difficult because um, trying to bring players in has been really hard really difficult for, for both financial reasons but, but more so the travel side of things now um, there's obviously been a lot said about the travelling this year and I, I must admit I, I love the away games because for me Saturdays are football um, uh, and that's how it should be and if it involves you know a long trip down to, to Cornwall and Devon and they're great days out well they are when you win them they're not so much when you lose them <laughs> but um, they're great days And but then that's not the same situation for everyone we've, we've got players in our squad this year who have work commitments on Saturday mornings or even Saturday evenings, which makes those long trips difficult. Um, and yeah, that's been hard. We've we've not lost anyone because of the the travel or or the tight budgets that we've got. But on the flip side, it's been hard to improve. But that's that's where we are. Everyone knows that. I'm not complaining. Um, and that's my job then as as a manager or as a coach to improve what we've got, retain what we've got, evolve as a side. So we don't get left behind and we don't end up going backwards and we keep trying to move forwards. Um, it has its challenges, but we can't feel sorry for ourselves. We kind of got to accept it, deal with it, um, move forward and, and plan or plan and move forward. You've made two really interesting points there because I think actually a lot of people in the Western League will have a lot of 
um, sympathy with what you've said about the fact that Saturday is, you know, it, it's 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 about football, and actually football at our level is about testing yourself at the at the best possible level. Equally, though, there are the financial realities that that go with that. So, with, with those two things in mind, I mean, how do you feel about the restructuring of the league? You know, next season, the Peninsula League and the and the Western League will, will, will join together, and it and it looks like there's going to be two Step Five divisions. I mean, what does that mean to you? I think it's got to happen. Uh, I think for us as a club, it's the only way we'll be able to move forward. Um, which is a shame that we'd have to take a restructure for that to happen. But we've got to be realistic. Um, you know, when you're looking at hiring a coach for six, seven, eight hundred pounds, and you've, you've got to do that five or six times a season, it's, it's a lot of money. Um, now, if we regionalise the um, the leagues and, and means that we haven't got any of that expenditure, I think sides have a lot more money to be able to use a resource elsewhere. So they can recruit better, build the facilities, etc., and uh, and and it's just an, it's not an unnecessary expense. So I, I'm excited by it. I think it's, it's no secret that the club um, over the last two years applied originally to, to move across into the Hellenic for purely financial reasons, and there was nothing more than that, which is um, from a footballing sense disappointing. But um, we didn't we didn't move across for for whatever reason, but. So we've kind of had to bite the bullet this year and, and last year. But I think everyone's talking about it. I think everyone's excited by it. I'll miss, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll miss the Devon and Cornwall side because I think they've added a lot of quality to, to the division. They've, we've had some brilliant away trips over the last sort of 12 to 18 months, which I've really, really enjoyed. And, and I'll miss them. But ultimately, I think it's, it's right for everyone that the restructure happens. Um, common sense has prevailed. Um, and yeah, the, the league restructures, and it's better for everyone. Right. Well, let's get back to talking about football on the pitch. You've had some exciting ties this season. You've just alluded to them. Uh, you've travelled to Barnstable. You've travelled to Falmouth. Um, you've come up against Shepton Mallet. You've you've played some decent sides in the Western League already. I mean, based on what you've seen, which teams do you think are going to go well? Oh, good question. Um, I can only comment really on sides that I've seen play. I know there's sides that we haven't played, such as your Bridgewaters, who, who are doing really, really well. But I think Saltash impressed me. They, they mm-hmm. were very um, efficient as a side, very structured, organised. They, they were good. I think Shepton, although they've had a bit of an iffy spell recently, had a lot of firepower about them. And it's no surprise that they've, they've um, won the amount of games that they have. But I think, I think it'd be a very different league this year, to be honest. I think last year was sort of broken down into, I would say, three mini leagues. You had your top five or six. Mm-hmm. And then you had your middle patch, which probably went all the way down to about 15th or 16th. And then you had your bottom sides fighting out for survival. I think it's going to be a bit different. I don't I don't think there's going to be some mini breakaway leagues. I think it's going to be a lot tighter. I don't think anyone's going to run away with it. Um, and I think the, the results are showing that. The, the standard of the league has improved so much this year and I think that's evident with just the amount of goals that are being scored across well probably both leagues to be honest the Premier League and, and Division 1 but some of the forwards that we've come up against this year um, uh, outstanding Barnstable another one they, we had a thrilling game against them I think we were on the wrong end of a 5-3 thriller but you know, when they're bringing forwards which, which can change games in an instant it's really really hard to defend against so um, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying the league. I think we should be the better, but I'm really, really enjoying the challenges we're facing. 
I hesitate to draw you on the form of that mob from down the road, but they're perhaps doing a little bit better than most people would have expected. I think most people thought that the, uh, the you know, if there was going to be a runaway leader at this stage of the season, it would have been one of the of the Cornish clubs, possibly even one of the Devon sides. Um, but I mean, do you think do you think that Bridgewater could prove to be the team to beat this season, or do you think that the that the strong sides from will catch them in the end? hard to predict they've been very consistent Bridgewater and yeah we, we know quite a lot about them being being just up the road and, and having a lot of um, ex-players associated and, and things like that and I think they found a formula that's working for them at the moment they're, they're quite strong defensively and they're not conceding goals and that's the key to, to being consistent if you've got a solid base to build from um, and keeping it tight at the back then they've always got forwards who are going to win them football matches uh, and that's what proven evident as well they, they, they've got a strong front line they can rotate and they're, they're looking pretty good but they will have a spell where they'll struggle and I think that will be everyone and it's how they or anyone else up there gets through those difficult spells um, it, you can't continuously go on being a wind machine in Western League because there's too many good sides that will cause upset so I don't think it's going to be a runaway leader but um, I'm sure Bridgewater will be looking to prove everyone wrong but they're in a really really good position to kick on and, and go and achieve what they want to achieve this year at the moment. Well let's look at um, the game, the next game that you're going to be facing and it, again it's another near neighbour isn't it, it's Ashton and Backwell now um, they're one of four teams uh, at the moment in the table uh, like yourselves who are locked on the same number of points which of course is a great um, uh, incentive for you because you know if you win the game you'll you'll go above them but um, I mean they've been on a, a good run of form some people might say surprising I don't know what do you make of it there won't be any pushovers will they no I'm not surprised I, I like them I like them a lot Ian to be honest they got a lot about them and that was going on from the back of last year they're just um, honest I think they they work really really hard Probably, I, I would say if you were to go on stats and running stats which I understand not everyone's got the luxury but I reckon they run more than any other team in the league um, they know what they're good at they're honest and they're so difficult to play against and it's, uh, every team we've played against them over the last two years has been under a mile an hour um, sort of a thriller they've all been high scoring end to end and um, they're so hard to set you, like, you can't settle whenever you play against Ashland that well so I, I have no doubt it'll be exactly the same game again on Saturday and Beach will have his side well drilled and we'll have a game plan but if you want to call it a bogey side for us you will but we, we've got to put that behind us really we've, we've got to we've got to put yeah put that behind us look for a way that we think we're going to win the game and we'll, we've got two good sessions in the week that hopefully we can start to implement that and um, yeah I think it's a chance to go above them um, first 10 games I'll be honest I haven't really paid much attention to the table but, but now we're sort of over a quarter of the way through it's, it's start to mean things when you start to leapfrog teams and you start to have a little glance at that table so it's a really good incentive um, a local derby as well so um, they're games you definitely don't want to lose and they're brilliant when you win and my thanks to Alex for his time uh, now we'll move on to Saltash against Ashton and Backwell United um, well if the last game was close Tom then this game was not um, quite a healthy win for the home team. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, with um, uh, Bridgewater not not playing uh, league league match on the weekend, so Saltash had a 
had a little chance to cut into their their lead at the top of the league, uh, the top of the table, and did just that. So I think it's down to eight points as as we speak. Uh, so a good win for for Solskjaer. Should say four nil uh, victory at home for them on a, a celebratory afternoon. Uh, Callum O'Brien. Uh, and it was Dave Barker as well, both celebrating their 200th appearances uh, for the Ashes. I think they might have made them recently, but this was the day where they uh, celebrated them in front of the home fans. And it was Barker who uh, managed to uh, mark the occasion with a goal. So that was uh, that was fantastic. A uh, goal in either half, in fact. Uh, so a brilliant afternoon for him individually and obviously as the team, as we mentioned. Uh, Callum Martindale also scoring. Um, well, breaking the deadlock after three minutes, in fact. So, uh, yeah. Putting them, uh, putting them on the front foot from the from the off, and uh, yeah, they didn't really look back. Uh, Adam Carter uh, also scoring on on a, on a good afternoon for for the uh, for the home side. Another close game uh, is our final game uh, in the Premier Division against two sides that find themselves at the wrong end of the table. Torpoint Athletic could, took on Canesham Town, and um, it was the home side that would have gone home happier here, Tom. Yeah. Massive game, really, towards the bottom already. Uh, obviously, we're about a third of the way through the season, maybe not even not even quite that. But uh, yeah, big uh, big game towards the bottom and tall point now. Two wins on the bounce, so uh, a fantastic three-two result for them. Uh, Sam Hilson putting them on the board early, uh, but the the K's did hit back just prior to half time. So through uh, that was Will Sage. Uh, made it one apiece, uh, but then Tour Point's main man, Curtis Damarell, he restored their advantage uh, from the spot, and it was a uh, that yeah, it was a pretty big goal, and it was Callum Holder soon after uh, who made it three-one with the header. So uh, yeah, that was uh, Tour Point really taking taking control of the game. Uh, Kenshin did trim the uh, trim the deficit pretty late on. Saar Nano, um, he, yeah, five minutes from time. Uh, managed to, to get them back into the game slightly. But, uh, yeah, they weren't able to, to find the equaliser. And it was tall point, as I say, uh, gaining another three points. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now we look into the first division and we kick off with two sides that have got lofty ambitions. Two sides that we've already had on the podcast this season. FC Bristol against Nailsey and Tickenham. This was a seven goal thriller, Tom. Yeah, this was a highly anticipated game. I'm sure one of us will have picked it last week as our, our game to watch. Can't can't specifically remember, but it yeah, lived up I to think the hype, didn't it? It was probably you. Potentially, potentially. <laughs> Seven goals uh, on, on Saturday uh, and four of them going to the away side. So a big, big win for Nelsie and Tickenham. Uh, but it was a game that really did, yeah, kick off from, from the start with a yeah, bit of a breakneck speed, I would say. Jenison Williams... Uh, breaking the deadlock after just seven minutes, uh, seven minutes for the for the home side uh, before Luke Osgood uh, responded for the visitors uh, with pretty much the next attack. So that made it one apiece pretty early on. Uh, Jacob O'Donnell making it 2-1 uh, to Nailsy on the after just a quarter of an hour. Uh, and then it was Joe Barry uh, a couple of minutes later. So it was 3-1 within within no time at all, really. So a real, real fast start to the contest. Uh, but uh, then, yeah, it did, did slow down slightly. But, uh, br- but the Bristol side managed to to get themselves back into it. Christian Miller uh, bringing them uh, bringing them to a wing one goal, uh, 17 minutes from time. Uh, but it was uh, uh, Ollie Carter who restored Nelsie's two-goal advantage, which, yeah, proved, proved crucial in the end because Miller did strike again. 
uh, in the final couple of moments, but uh, Bristol un- unable to find the equaliser. So it was Nailsy and Tickenham that ran out four free winners. But uh, yeah, fantastic game between uh, two of the high flyers. And uh, yeah, plenty more from those two we'll be hearing this year, I'm sure. Seven goals in Bristol. 12 goals to talk about in Dorset. Mm. Gillingham Town, um, who, without a win um, so far this season, took on Longwell Green Sports. And, uh, well, if our last game was close, Tom, mm. then this game was most certainly was not. No, it definitely wasn't. And, I mean, I, I, I think it's probably an overused term, isn't it, when you sort of hear unbelievable scenes or something along those lines. But this really was unbelievable. I mean... I don't think anyone could have potentially, well, no one on earth would have predicted a, a nine goal uh, to free victory for Gillingham over, over Longwell Green. Not, not least the fact that, yeah, they were without a win coming into this one. Uh, that's some way to end a winless start, isn't it? Uh, they thumped, they absolutely thumped Longwell Green, didn't they? Uh, 7-2 up at half time. So I don't, I don't know what happened uh, to, to the visitors, but they were... They were hit for yeah, hit for a lot, weren't they? Uh, a couple of hat tricks uh, to to hear about. Uh, Kieran Burpitt and uh, Max Westlake both bagging uh, uh, bagging trebles for the home side. And I mean, to be fair to that, I had a after this, I obviously take t- took a quick look at the results and saw they have been scoring a fair few recently. Obviously, yeah. results not quite been going their way. Uh, obviously, conceding a few too many potentially at the other end. But uh, the attack isn't something that needs um, uh, needs. Uh, particularly looking at from a, an improvement point of view. So if they can keep this up, I think more three points will be going their way. But uh, yeah, absolutely terrific, terrific afternoon for, for Gillingham and uh, a 9-3 win for them over Longwell Green. Yes, Tom, the strange case of Gillingham Town. <laughs> Elementary, you might say, my dear Hiscott. <laughs> Surely there's only one super sleuth who can help us unpick this particular oh, yeah. mystery. And that would be Andrew Holmes. And I started my conversation with Mr. Holmes by reflecting on the fact that that incredible scoreline was some way to record their first win of the season. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's, um, it's, it's been a while coming. Um, but I've, I've been saying to the lads over the last uh, three, four, maybe five weeks that um, we're due to, due to get a big result and, and it came. <laughs> well, did, uh, you know, on the day, did you think that the scoreline flattered you? No, because it could have been more. Um, we, we missed a, a hatful of chances in the second half um, as well, which, which could have taken us into double figures. Equally, uh, Longwell had a few chances as well. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think we were, we were more than good for the win. That's 26 goals in your last three games. I think that probably makes you the most entertaining team to watch in the Toolstation Western League. <laughs> Depends what side you're on. <laughs> um, definitely for a neutral <laughs> um, probably not from my point of view well I mean all joking aside it's obviously not been the easiest of starts for you this season I mean what do you put that down to um, on a number of reasons um, it's, it's taken us a while to, to gel as a team um, to get a, a, a good squad of players together um, we've had a lot of unavailability throughout August um, yeah it's, it's just been uh, one thing after another really so Hopefully now we've we've got that first win under our belt with a with a good squad um, that we can we can kick on. Because you've played some good teams already, haven't you? This season you've played Wells and Nowsley and Tickenham, Oldland Abertonians and FC Bristol. I mean, who's impressed you the most so far? Um, well, I, I think Wells have been probably been the the, the standout team for me. Um, they're you know they're, they're strong at the back. Um, they've got good forward players um, and they're, they're really aggressive in midfield. Um, and it was, yeah, really 
uh, two difficult games for us, really. So, yeah, I think they're, they're going to be uh, right at the top. And what about Gillingham? What are your objectives for this season? Uh, for this season, um, <laughs> they probably changed from, from when I took over in uh, from Paul in May. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, probably now just to, to maintain our tool station status, um, progress up the league um, and, and try to get around the mid-table as a finish for us. I think we're, we've got a, a good squad of players that can do that this season. And then sort of looking looking ahead, what, what was it that enticed you into the uh, the hot seat at Gillingham? I mean, what would you like to achieve uh, at your time in the club? Oh, I, I think the, uh, the the club's got a great setup. We've we've got a, a fantastic pitch um, facilities. Um, the chairman's uh, really really hard working uh, and supportive. Um, I've got a good group of uh, of committee members as well. And yeah, I mean the. The goal's got to be to, to progress as a club eventually to, to move up the league, um, 100%, and get the club back. Definitely get the club back into the, the tour station prem where we dropped out of a couple of seasons ago. Yes, I remember watching you at Melksham. Uh, well, I say I don't know if you were playing at the time. Certainly Gillingham um, were playing, and uh, I remember you as a as a Premier Division club. I mean, obviously this season is has got its own challenges, but you know, looking into the future. You, you know, you've said that the opportunity to play at uh, Step Five would be something that you, an ambition that you'd like to realise. Given that next season, it it well, it won't be the the Tool Station Western League as we know it. It will be a new um, amalgamated league with the Southwest Peninsula League, pre- presumably with less travel distance. I mean, d- does that make it? Um, does that make Step Five football for you, for your club, a more realistic proposition? Yeah, I think it makes it more realistic and more more appealing. Um, certainly, the, uh, um, the, the the prospect of travelling down to, to Cornwall for for not only myself with with uh, with family commitments and you know some of the lads the same. Um, yeah, it's it's just probably un, unrealistic at the moment. So um, so yeah, absolutely. When it all when it all does split up into the two different leagues, it definitely makes it more appealing. Um, I know um, that some people will have been surprised with the nine-goal scoreline um, um, from from Saturday. Unfortunately, the last time I came to your ground, I was with um, Devizes Town, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and and everything was looking so rosy. We got we had a new management duo in. We'd started to win games for the first time in a very long time, and, and you put nine past us on on that day. So I think anybody who underestimates Gilliam, Gillingham does so at their peril. Uh, certainly at home. Yeah, certainly at home. Right, well, let's see whether Portishead are going to make... In fact, actually, Portishead won't make the same mistake because you've got to go to their place. Um, they're, they're your next opponents. Um, they've had um, a pretty good start this season. I know that they've got, you know, ambitions to um, um, to be towards the top of the table. I mean, that is going to be, a, I suppose, a real test of exactly how far you've come. Yeah, definitely. It would be a real challenge. I mean, we, I think we lost to them both, um, both games last season as well, home and away. So yeah, it might equally it's going to be as as difficult, if not harder, this year. And I'm sure they've improved with with the players they've recruited as well. So um, yeah, definitely be a test for us to see what we can what we can do on Saturday. It's going to be a month, isn't it, before you're actually next at home? Those opponents are, are Titherington Rocks. Is that something that? Well, how do you feel about that? Because I mean, having got that fantastic win under the belt, would you have liked a couple of um, home games to sort of follow that up on? Yeah, we seem to have been away most most of the season so far. We haven't played many at home. Um, we've, we've played uh, quite a few games away. I think we've got a few difficult games away from home. I think we've got Brislington and Shirehampton in there as well. Um, Razdok as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a definitely be a challenge for us. It would have been nice to have got a bit of a run under our belt um, of a couple of wins, but 
you know, it is what it is. Um, we'll move on to the next one. Because that Radstock game, I guess, takes some real significance now, doesn't it? I mean, it seems, you know, we, we shouldn't really be talking about sort of bottom of the table six-pointers this early in the season, but there is a gap that has been growing between yourselves and, and Radstock at the bottom of the table, and they're desperate to get their first win. So I imagine that, you know, it might not be pretty, but that would be one hell of a competitive encounter on the uh, on the 22nd. Yeah, I, I certainly think it will be. We'd, um, I think any team in, in the Western League, especially in, uh, in a Division One, can beat anyone um, on their day. So... By, by no means going to be an easy game or or or, uh, or a hard one at that could be who, knew, who knows what it's going to be one last question for you Andrew and that is the question I ask everybody the first time we've got them on the podcast podcast and uh, can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey to the Gillingham dugout <laughs> um, yes yeah, so I, I came back to football um, about 10 years ago or so to, to win Canton uh, with Paul down um, played there for a while, moved on to to Chard before going to Bridport, and then over to Gill. So, um, yeah, quite a bit of Western League experience in there from from the playing side, um, and having played, well, managed ten ten to twelve games or so this season, it's certainly been an eye opener, um, and I've learned a lot already, and I'm sure I'll learn a lot more um, in the next ten to twelve games. So, Gillingham is your first managerial appointment. It is. Yeah, yeah, I've taken what? over from Paul down. So, and I know that Paul is still at the club, isn't he? But what made you take the step up into the manager's hot seat? Two reasons, really. One is I've, I've well, <laughs> I'm getting on a bit, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I haven't got too long left playing. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it'd be good to, to get into management whilst I still had um, relatively high number of contacts to to be able to call upon uh, to to create a squad, really, um, like we've done at Gillingham. So. So, yeah, that, those are the two reasons, really. And my thanks to Andrew for his time. Uh, now we go to a side that's much more accustomed to winning, particularly this season, Oldland Abertonians. They've been flying high. Bishop Sutton haven't looked too shady either. Just the five goals to talk about in this game, Tom, and this one was a lot closer than that game in Dorset. Yeah, absolutely. 3-2 uh, uh, eventually... Uh, it turned out uh, that uh, Oldland won this one, but they did have to come from behind to do so. So, uh, yeah, second place side really pushed, uh, which is good to see. Sutton have sort of had an up and down start, I would say, uh, but they did make a, a really good start. Uh, Craig Wilson putting them putting them, uh, putting them ahead with their first attack of the game. So, uh, yeah, fantastic uh, beginning to the game for, for Bishop Sutton. Uh, but Oldland did build their way back into it. Uh, a thunderous strike from uh, Stefan Lee made it one all after only 10 minutes. Uh, and then it was Owen McCallum. And from I haven't actually seen the clip of the goal, but from reports, it was yeah pretty special, beating quite a lot of defenders on his way to goal. So, uh, yeah, before unleashing a, a pretty uh, uh, unstoppable shot. So uh, he made it 2-1. Two, two uh, and then it was captain Casey Woodman uh, heading home a third midway through the second half, uh, putting them putting them two goals ahead. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as I said, another one which proved pretty, pretty important because Sutton did score seven minutes from time, uh, but they weren't able to... Uh, to, to dent the score, score line anymore. So, Oldland running out 3-2 winners. And finally, Wells City proving that anything Oldland can do, they can do better. They were at home to Titherington Rocks and this game was far more routine for our league leaders, Tom. Yeah, they um, yeah just keep winning, don't they? Uh, a couple of goals uh, in either half. Uh, four different goal scorers as well. So, goals coming in from, from all angles for, for Wells at the moment. Uh, that was Charlie Moon, Tom Ellis, Craig Herrod and Adam Wright all scoring. Uh, so, yeah, another... For the comprehensive victory for, for Well City.
Excellent stuff. Uh, now, we will have a look at our goal scorers, our leading goal scorers for the first time this season. But before we do that, we will preview our fixtures that are coming up. And we are going to be looking at the games that are going to be played on Saturday, the 15th of October. So what game have you gone for in the Premier Division, Tom? Uh, Mousel versus Buckland. Obviously, this has been a little bit of a Buckland-centric podcast. And we're going we're gonna to finish that way as well. I think they are potentially involved in the... The game of the day on on, on Saturday afternoon, uh, especially in the Prem, uh, only one one defeat so far for Mousel, and it's, yeah, so obviously despite them sitting a couple of spots below Buckland, uh, I think there'll be more than a match for for the uh, the Bucks, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be a well pretty pretty entertaining tussle, I would say. Well, I'm going to go for another entertaining tussle. Helston Athletic, a bit of a wounded animal at the moment. I'm absolutely sure that they will be looking for a reaction. The problem is that it's um, second place Saltash United who are the visitors uh, to Helston on Saturday. Uh, I'm sure that will be a highly competitive game. Um, they always are. And, um, uh, and I'm certainly looking forward to the highlights um, from, from that game. Hopefully Mark will be there with, with Steve and uh, I can look forward to to my Sunday morning and my cup of coffee and watching the action there. Uh, and uh, in the first division, Tom, what game has caught your eye? I've gone for the top two. It had to be, didn't it? Well, City it at home again, uh, and they take on Oldland, who, uh, yeah, obviously, they were the two most recent games we discussed. And, uh, yeah, they those two, uh, yeah, flying high at the moment, especially Wells, uh, pretty unstoppable. Uh, but I think, yeah, joint record of 31 games played, 24 wins and only four defeats between them. Um, so... Uh, something's got to give on Saturday, and uh, yeah, both both going uh, great guns at the moment. So that's the uh, the game of the day, without doubt, in the prem uh, in the first division, I think. Well, you're probably right. In fact, so much so that it's very difficult for me to even make a case for another game. So I, if I can't make a case for another game, I'm going to go. I'm going to play my cards um, very um, well. I'm going to I'm going to go for real hometown fixture, and that will be the Ray Johnson Derby. Hey. Um, Radstock Town, Ray's Radstock Town, still without a win in the first division. Uh, desperate, I know he is to um, to put that right. And um, they take on Odd Down, the side. Of course, he won the Western League Premier Division with all those years ago. Although you wouldn't know it to look at him because he's still a sprightly young thing. But yes, the Ray Johnson derby, odd down. They could certainly do a win and do with a win. They're in the sort of lower reaches of mid-table. But Radstock, absolutely desperate to get off the mark um, with their first win of the season at Southfields Recreation Ground. They've come pretty close uh, on a number of occasions, but Ray hasn't managed to get them just over the line just yet. So it'd be fascinating to see whether he can manage it um, against Oddan. Oddan have actually already played them in the league this season and won. So um, it's going to be no mean feat for Ray, but um, if anyone can do it, the big man can. So uh, there you go. That's my pick of the pops in the first division. Now we are going to finish the podcast this week for the first time this season with a review of our league's current leading goal scorers. Now these statistics, of course, are courtesy of the FA full-time website and we all know how much we love the FA full-time website don't we Tom as with any piece of computer trickery it's only as good as the information we put in so one of the reasons we do this is actually to highlight the fact that just in case the um, the, uh, the statistics are incorrect we do have a, an opportunity to fix them but Tom do you want to take us through what we believe are the current leading goal scorers in the tool station Western League Absolutely, yeah. So the, the other thing with this is obviously they're always always moving. There's always games happening, uh, even as we speak, usually. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good fun putting it together. And hopefully, as as you say, hopefully it's together. So it's uh, is it all in one piece at the moment? 
Uh, what I'm going to read out is the uh, for the, the top goal scorers in all competitions at the moment, because there's plenty of cup stuff going on, so I think that's a good place to, to start. Uh, so we have Sasha Tong, who is, uh, yeah, scoring hat-tricks for, hat-tricks for fun uh, for FC Bristol. I know he's got at least two. I'm, I'm thinking he might even have three, uh, but he's leading the way at the moment. Uh, he's got 18 goals in all comps so far this season, so cracking start for himself. Uh, Luke Bryan, who was our, our leading marksman in the first division last year of Odd Down, uh, he's got 14 uh, Jacob Brown, who is the uh, yeah leading the way in the in the Prem so far, he's got 13 goals in all competitions. Uh, Adam Wright of Wales, who we just mentioned, uh, he's among their top scorers. He's got 12. As has Curtis Damarell of Torpoint, which is all the more impressive considering uh, his team's uh, less than uh, lofty position in in the Prem at the moment. And then there's a couple of chaps on 11. Uh, we've got Jack Fawn of Nailsey and Tickenham, Connor Williams of Wincanton, and Reuben Wilson of Helston, who's uh, yeah helped them. Uh, reached some uh, pretty pretty decent uh, effort uh, in in the in the couple of cups, hasn't he so far? So uh, yeah, as I say, those those statistics always moving. I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty of goals added over the over the coming days and and weeks and even months, of course. So uh, yeah, all uh, it's all good fun. Uh, hopefully, hopefully as update as possible. And uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted as best we can. We certainly were. There's a few of the usual suspects in there, mm, there isn't even at this early stage. You know, yeah. they're like some Sasha Tong and Luke mm. Bryan, you called him out, as of course, um, did really well last season. Adam Wright, of course, another yes. name to conjure with. And Asa White, um, yeah, he's who's there, uh, yeah. he's been a, he's been around the block a fair, yeah. a fair few times. And now he's doing the uh, the business for 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 Brislington. But Sasha Tong then, 18 goals in all competitions. Does that make him the Erling Haaland of the Tool Station Western League? I'm sure there will be comparisons drawn soon if he, if he can keep it up. Uh, yeah. Uh, Even if they're only so. by me. Maybe if that, that might be the case. That might just be the case. <laughs> excellent stuff. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Obviously, we've been looking at your excellent bulletin, which, of course, now does include uh, those leading goal scorer statistics, as well as the league tables, yeah. um, which we haven't made you suffer this week, but we <laughs> might make you suffer them next week. Um, where can Where can the listeners find that? So those are uh, on the Tool Station uh, Western League website. The the bulletin is there's a tab along the top which you can click on, and that'll take you to the the most uh, most recent uh, documents. Uh, so they come out in different couple of different formats. You can download those and uh, yeah, read them to your heart's content. Splendid, Tom. Thanks very much for your time, and listeners, thank you very much for yours. We'll look forward to joining you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>